Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Friday, January 19th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Art wasn't a realistic or lucrative career path when Amuako Boafo was growing up in Accra, Ghana in the 80s and 90s, but he didn't put his paintbrush down. I mean, I kept making my paintings and from time to time I would get lucky and have someone buy one. In those days, Boafo says it was a victory to sell a painting for $100. Today, his works go for hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. It's the kind of sharp rise to fame that could really change a person. But Boafo remains close to his roots. He could live anywhere, but he chooses to stay in Ghana. His exhibit hanging at the Denver Art Museum speaks to those roots and how they intertwine and expand upon leaving and then returning to your hometown. His portraits are vibrant, textured moments with an emphasis on Black joy. Boafo and curator Larry Osei-Mensa sat down with In the NoCo's Robin Vincent to discuss the show and more. I want to talk about cultural identity, how that changes when we live in different places. Mwako, I'm wondering about when you moved from Ghana to Austria. How did that influence your art and your cultural identity moving from an African nation to a European country? From where I come from, I'm part of the majority. So I do not have any confusion in my head. I know who I am. I know, you know where I come from. Um, yes, the stereotype is there and it really, really weighs on you heavily. You know, when people tell you what they think you are for a very long time, sometimes you start believing. And, you know, I, I lived in Vienna for six years. So over the six years period, I had a lot of challenges. But what it did for me is that it helped me kind of not only complain, but it helped me want to make paintings that people will then understand who I am. So I it wasn't anything that I was going to like start complaining that, oh, they see Black people, they think all oh, Black people are drug dealers. They see Black people, they think we are this or we are that. I wanted to make paintings that suggest who my or how I see my blackness. You know, most of the challenges that I had in Vienna were that, you know, most people will just hypersexualize you. Um, and I didn't think that liking sex is anything bad. And so I didn't want to reject that aspect. I wanted to use that and build upon it. So one thing that I started doing was that I started looking more into myself and that's when I started doing self-portraits. And the first series I did with the self-portrait were body politics, where I will pose myself new from, because it's like, for me, I feel like I want to start from where they see you, because when they see you, they have a socialize you, which means they see you naked. And so I want to build on that nakedness and then add the value that they refuse to see. Hmm. 
Larry Osei Mensa, I'd like to turn to you. I realize you worked with Amwako on his exhibit that's hanging at the Denver Art Museum. It's called Soul of Black Folks, and that's a nod to W.E.B. Du Bois and his book about black history, racism, and inequality. Now, that was published back in, what, 1903. It was your suggestion to weave Du Bois into this show. Why is that? You know, this collaboration started several years ago, and it really, for me, was important to contextualize Amako's work within the the framework of an institutional platform. Because, yes, you know, work was selling well, but everybody was talking about the numbers and not really getting into the meat and potatoes and actually like the content. And, you know, as we were discussing the show and I was doing research and, you know, I go back, I just got back from Ghana yesterday. Uh, I go back and forth to Ghana at least once or twice a year. And, you know, Osu is a neighborhood that he grew up in. And then just kind of happenstance, I found out that the boys actually was buried there. You know, so you have the Du Bois Center there. There's a mausoleum there. And started, you know, talking to Sally Numa, who's a scholar on Du Bois' work. My brother, Sean Oseyawusu, who's also a scholar. And starting to see these linkages in terms of how Du Bois was trying to assess Black life at the turn of the 20th century. On top of the work that he did for the World's Fair, where he actually took statistics and created these infographics. So he was also an artist. And so for me, it was interesting to kind of see what Amako was doing. And he already kind of alluded to using the practice as a platform to kind of look at the world around him, to look at self, um, and to tell the stories that he felt weren't being told. Huh. So it, it sounds like this work has been grounding. And I suspect that's especially important in this fast-paced, high-powered art world that you both find yourselves in. I wonder what else is keeping you grounded. You know, part of why I got into curating was the relationships that you build with artists, right? And the things that you learn. Um, and things happen in cycles. You know, I studied business management in undergrad, have MBA, so I know these cycles. And one thing I did not want to happen was that a Marco's work gets chewed up in this cycle. I think, too, spending time with him in Ghana and seeing how important community is to him, right? With all the success and attention that he's gotten over the last several years, he still makes it about community, right? You know, he founded Don Atelier, um, the residency last year, it's just became one years old. First group of artists, I got an opportunity over the holidays to go see their work and see the quantum leaps that they've they've made through doing the residency. And so, you know, kind of understanding where he sat, understanding that he's part of probably the first generation of, I'll be specific, West African contemporary artists who've been able to operate on this global stage and stay home, right? Yes, he went to Vienna, furthered his education, and then came back. Usually, you go to Vienna and you stay, or you move someplace else, right? right? And I think that's just kind of the the immigrant migrant story, where it's like you have to migrate someplace else in order to actualize your dreams. For those of us who are close to the immigrant experience, we understand that when you leave, you leave a big part of yourself behind. And yet doing that, leaving, immigrating to another place with more opportunities, 
often feels like the only way. But Amwako, your decision to stay in Ghana, that's going to make this path possible for others, right? You know, there's more I can do here than being in Vienna. You know, because when you come to Ghana, all people think about when it comes to career is, you know, uh, being a doctor or a teacher or a banker or, and they rubbish anything creative. I wanted to find a way to have people understand that there could be more than just, you know, what is there. Maybe we should be allowed to explore. And that's what we've been able to do. Just trying to see how I can push them. And in reverse, they also push me. Because for me, I want to find a way to create a community, a community that will live beyond me. Ah, let's see if what happens. That was artist Amuako Boafo and curator Larry Osei-Mensa talking with In the Noco's executive producer, Robin Vincent. Boafo's exhibit, Soul of Black Folks, hangs at the Denver Art Museum through February 19th. That's it for us today here on In the Noco. Stephanie Daniel helped with today's episode. I'm Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next week.